welcome to episode 29 of Mothering Anxiety. Today's episode is Anxiety and Breaking the Generational Curse. So I've slowly kind of started introducing this idea to everyone on like my Instagram. Um, And I've had a lot of questions as to what breaking the generational curse means. I also started posting on TikTok. Okay, I always said that I was never going to get a TikTok. But after kind of like consulting with a friend, she said, you know what? Get on as many platforms as you can, whether it makes you uncomfortable, just put it out there. I'm sure that there are many people who would want to hear your story as well. So I made a TikTok and I posted a video and my video blew up and it's about breaking generational trauma. And I decided like what better way to talk about it and bring light to it than recording an entire episode on it. I do want to throw a disclaimer out there. When I record these episodes, I like to be in the moment and I feel like that's what makes this so relatable. It's because it's just raw and, you know, in the moment. So I try to keep my editing to a minimum. These episodes that I record, they're pretty much like in one take like I do section by section because sometimes you know life happens and I need to stop recording but they're pretty much just like a raw edit I want to keep these podcasts as realistic as possible so everyone hearing what I need to say the first time around is what helps people when I first started recording these podcasts I felt like I would always record one entire episode where I was just ranting and then the second episode like I would re-record it and the second episode were was the one where I was like a little bit more um educational I guess but this season I have been recording just the raw things and this season has been blowing up even more than my first season so I'm taking that as in you guys like me (laughs) ranting and just venting about things um, because I've been getting such a great response this season. But anyways, my whole point to this disclaimer was if I start to cry, I'm going to let myself cry and I'm going to record this crying obviously if I'm sobbing like unconsolably where like you can't understand me I'm probably gonna stop and give myself a moment to collect myself but what I mean is I want everyone to hear the raw emotions behind this episode this episode is probably going to be the hardest one that I will ever record or at least I'm crossing my fingers because I can't (laughs) I can't make things like any worse right now in my life. Um, And just like after posting that video on TikTok and it blowing up and then so many people commenting on it, it truly broke my heart. It truly broke my heart that so many people could relate to it. And that there were so many people commenting, I'm doing the same thing, or I've done the same thing, or my mom did that for me. Like, I honestly, I grew up thinking that my family was the only fucked up family. 
because I would have friends or, you know, I would meet coworkers and stuff and all of them were always so close to their families and like they all had great families. Like I'm sure, you know, you still have your typical family drama or arguments or whatever, but none of it was as bad as how my family was. So I've truly, this entire time, I kid you not, I've been feeling alone. I've been feeling like I'm kind of the only one with a fucked up family. (laughs) But, you know, posting about it and slowly starting to talk about it, so many more people have been coming out of their shell and so many more people have been talking about it. And it makes me happy because I'm the one who's going to bring light to it. I'm the one who's going to talk to everyone about the realities of it, but it also makes me sad that there are so many people out there dealing with this. So I'm going to start off by giving the definition of a generational trauma. It says, it means that we can view the psychological effects of trauma being transferred from one generation to another. Generational trauma is a traumatic event that began decades prior to the current generation and has impacted the way that individuals understand, cope with, and heal from trauma. So my family was not one to talk, like, ever. We, you know, like, wouldn't have the typical, like, family dinners where you would, like, sit And then everyone would be like, you know, how was your day or how was your day? And we'd kind of talk about that stuff. Like, no, we never talk to one another. So emotions, depression, anxiety, you know, any sort of mental health illness or mental health related issue just didn't exist in our family. To my grandparents specifically, because I lived with my grandparents all my life. I was raised by my grandparents all my life. It's just mental health just wasn't like a thing, you know, like to them, it was like, you have a house, you have food, you have clothes, like, what else do you realistically need? But my grandmother was severely depressed severely depressed and I truly think and I know that I've talked about this before um, I believe I talked about it in my anxiety and depression episode if my grandmother had gotten help for her depression I truly believe that she would still be with us here today for those of you who don't know I recently lost my grandmother um, this last August so it's been about six months roughly um but I truly believe that she, if she would have gotten help for her depression, had someone to talk to, or been okay with the idea of talking about whatever traumatic thing happened to her, she would still be here with us today. And I wanted to bring that up simply because we don't really know anything about my grandma's life. Like, she never really talked about it. Um... We knew that she was the oldest of, I believe, 11 or 12 children. Um, We knew that along the way, some of those children passed away, like either as like babies um, or just like really young. I knew that she was the caregiver for most of them. Um, I knew that her father was very absent in her life. Um, 
I knew that her mother wasn't the nicest person to her. And, um, yeah, you know, that, that, that's pretty much it. But just based on my grandmother's attitude, my grandmother's personality, the way that my grandma raised us, you could tell that there was something deep inside of her that she either couldn't let go of, that she was extremely hurt by, or that, you know, it was just something she couldn't look past. We obviously figured out that she didn't have the best relationship with her mother and her father. Um, her father her father was not the nicest man, and I know that my grandma tried to protect her own mother, and her mother didn't listen. So there was, you know, that sense of trust that was broken between the two of them. Then comes my mother, so my grandmother's daughter. And again, there's not much that I know simply because my family was just not one to talk. Um, but as far as I know, and this is simply just from things that my own mother told me, and I don't realistically know how accurate any of this information is because my mother is the type of person that likes to um, over-exaggerate things and make herself look like the victim. So I don't know how accurate any of this is, but it, it would make sense as to why my mother treated me the way that she did. But as far as I know, um, my mother got pregnant with me at 15 and she had me when she turned 16. My mother had told me that my grandma basically hid her from the world, that my grandma was ashamed that her daughter had become pregnant so young. She would say that when they would have visitors over, she either had to like sit in one of the couches with like a giant jacket on and cover herself up, or she wasn't allowed to leave the room. As far as I know, my grandmother never went to any of her doctor's appointments for me. My grandpa would take her. And my grandma was just very mean and very cold to my mother. So now let's recap a little bit. My great-grandmother treating my grandmother unfairly, and then my grandmother treating my mother unfairly, which then in turn meant my mother treating me unfairly. My grandma was very overprotective of me, extremely overprotective. My grandma and I, I mean, we didn't always see eye to eye, but I can honestly say that my grandmother, based on the things that my mom told me, treated me a lot better than she treated my mom. And I think, in a way, this simply meant that it it stroked some sort of anger to my own mother and some sort of jealousy to my own mother towards me, which you can tell just based off of the things she would say or the things she would do, that it was some sort of envy that my grandmother treated me way better than her, who was her own daughter, who was her own, you know, actual flesh and blood. My mom and my grandma's relationship never recovered. Um, for as long as I can remember, they always fought. They always had falling outs. 
Um, there was one point where they didn't talk to each other for a whole year. Um, my grandma would always say bad things about my mother to me. And then my mother would always say bad things about my grandma to me. And, you know, I always felt like I was stuck in the middle. And I always felt like I couldn't take the other person's side, even though they wanted me to, you know, because in my mind, I was like, well, that's my mom. And then I'm like, but that's my grandma who's been raising me and who takes care of me. It was a very awkward and a very just not a good position to be in. I truly think that because of this, my mom hates me. Um, just like a sense of like jealousy or a sense of envy, envy because my own grandma, you know, treated me better than she did her own daughter. And like, it's, it's, you know, it truly wasn't my fault. Um, I don't know why my grandma did that. Maybe she realized the mistakes that she did with her own daughter and was trying to make up for it then. Um, but I truly think that my mom never gave me like a chance to love me or like a chance to get to know me because of the like hatred she had towards me. I know that, you know, deep down inside, my mother does love me. It's not that she, you know, hates me. I know that she does or or she must. Um, you know, and, and there have been times where my mom has, you know, apologized to me for, you know, just being neglectful and not being the best mother. But, you know, like there comes a point where the damage is, is done and the damage is too far gone to even, you know, reconcile anything. And, you know, for so long, I always defended my mom and defended, you know, how she would treat me and and what she would say to me. But it wasn't until I had my own daughter where I realized, like, no, (laughs) that that's not how it should be. Like, I had my daughter and it was like instant love. And I don't know if it was because, you know, I had never felt unconditional love, like, growing up. But it was just this immediate bond and this immediate unconditional love that I felt for her. And I knew that she felt for me, too. Even if she was a baby, it was just there. And just having my own daughter, like, opened up so many, like, eyes for me and made me realize, like... How the fuck can you be so mean and so cruel to your own children? Like, how can you say mean things to them? How can you not put them first? How can you be so selfish around your children? And that is, you know, one of the reasons why I just, I couldn't do it anymore. I was never a priority in my mom's life. She always just had her own agenda. And, you know, every time I would confront her about it, I would get gaslighted. 
and you know it she only would make me feel worse about the situation or you know just never acknowledge my feelings or she would make it about something else you know she would always just like I always would say like she's just like a little to the right of the point like she would kind of get it but she would never get why I was upset or why I was calling her out on something and you know eventually I grew up and you know I moved out and I had a job and then I met my husband and my mom just you know wasn't a priority in my life you know she just keeping a relationship with her just wasn't really a priority um would we talk yes but we never really talked you know like we never like had daily phone calls or even like weekly phone calls to like catch up on each other's lives like it, we we never ever had that so I would go weeks and months without talking to my mom simply because uh, I was growing up and that relationship with my mom like was far gone you know I had found someone who loved me and I had found other things that brought me joy and just having or needing that relationship with my mom, just it, it just wasn't a priority of mine. But then comes Logan, my daughter. And as soon as my daughter was born, my mom was there. And my mom was in love with my daughter. And my mom was giving my daughter all of the love that she never gave me. And I was in heaven. I was like, man, like, okay, so my mom really is a good person. My mom truly does have a heart. My mom does have a heart to give to others. And she was always there. We lived like three and a half hours away from her. And she would be there almost every weekend, you know, helping us out or, you know, bringing us diapers or whatever. Babies go through a shit ton of fucking diapers. (laughs) Um she'd always be there and you know she would plan trips and we would always be you know with her and she was just so involved in Logan's life and it truly brought me so much joy and I'm like wow like I'm finally having a great relationship with my mom but then reality hit and my mom went back to being the person that she was all of my life You know, I said I was never a priority in my mom's life. And at this point, it meant Logan not being a priority in her life anymore. Um, She had made us a priority at first, but then she just went back to her same cycles. And, you know, she went MIA for months. And it, it made me realize that... At one point, my daughter was going to notice and my daughter would ask, where's grandma? Why haven't I seen grandma? Why haven't I talked to grandma? And I I, I wouldn't know what to say to her. I wouldn't want to explain to her what her grandma was actually doing because it's not right. And... You know, I I realized, like, you've hurt me for this amount of years. You you can't hurt my daughter. Like, there's just, there's no way. 
And I know that maybe, you know, some of this is a bit confusing, like, well, you know, what did your mom do? Like, why did she go MIA? Um, and I, I never mean for any of this to be like I'm bashing someone or like I'm talking bad about someone. Um, but my mother just would go MIA every time she would start a new relationship and this person would basically be the center of her life. Um, there would be times where I would go months without speaking to my mom and then she'd randomly come pick me up one day and she'd be like, hey, and she would take me to like a new apartment or a new house or whatever and there would be a new person there. And this happened quite a few times. And this was what was happening this time around. But this time, now my daughter was being involved. And now my daughter was going to see this vicious cycle. And I'm not one to judge. I, I am in no position to be judging, you know, the way that my mother wants to live her life. But when my daughter is seeing this... I didn't want my daughter to grow up thinking that this was okay, that it was okay to disappear, that it was okay to put a man <laughs> as the center of your world, that it was okay to just forget about your family and forget about your children, forget about your own parents, simply because there's a new man in your life. And th this wasn't the role model that I wanted for, for my daughter. When my mom gets into these relationships, she literally forgets about everyone. I wouldn't say she forgets. She doesn't care about anyone. Like I said, there would be months where I wouldn't hear from my mom because this relationship was brand new. There would be times where my grandma wouldn't hear from my mom because the relationship was brand new. And we, you know, kind of figured it out and we all kind of already knew why she was gone at times. But this relationship specifically just hurt the most because of my daughter. Simply because of my daughter. Because now my daughter was going to hurt and now my daughter was going to realize that she wasn't a priority in her grandma's life. And now my daughter was going to question, well, why does grandma forget about me? And it just, it, it, it breaks my heart thinking about that, thinking that my daughter could possibly ever question why she isn't lovable. But besides, you know, her lifestyle decisions, my mother was very mean to me. Um, she would say things like, oh, if I could do my life over again, I would never have kids. Or, I wish I only had boys. Like, boys don't give trouble. Girls do. Or just something along the lines of like, Having children ruin your life. 
And this was part of the reason why I never wanted to have kids. Because I was just like, well, fuck that. (laughs) I've already had a sucky life. Why would I want something else to come suck out the little bit of life I have left in me? And I was terrified. I was truly terrified to have my own children. Because I was so fucked up in the head. (laughs) I was literally, like, I, I grew up just thinking that children ruin your life because obviously to my mother, me, and my other three siblings, we were all mistakes to her. And she very, very clearly and very often let all of us know that we were all simply mistakes in her life. But me specifically, my mom just, she just had it out for me. Like, I remember she would call me ugly (laughs) and she would use it as like a word of like words of endearment. You know, she'd be like, hey, ugly, hey, ugly, hey, ugly. You know, I don't think I've ever once heard my mom say that I was pretty or that I was beautiful. Um, You know, if we ever went out with like her friends or like coworkers or something, like she would take me to like a work event They'd be like, oh, you know, your daughter is so beautiful. She looks just like you. And my mom would only hear the, she looks just like you. She's beautiful, which then means you're beautiful, you know? (laughs) And there was just, you know, other things. Like, um, I, I grew up very skinny. And at one point, like, I was packing on weight. But I was packing on to, like, a normal level weight, you know? And... She would buy me, like, size large clothes (laughs) when I realistically just went from, like, an extra small to a size small, you know. And it was just, like, little things like that. Um, She wouldn't invite me places or she wouldn't tell me she was going places, but she would take my other siblings. Like, I remember at one point... My siblings told me, hey, you know, we're going to Knott's Berry Farms. And my mom never told me. And I literally just showed up at my mom's house and kind of just like gave her no choice but to take me, you know. She would never invite me and she would always make excuses for me. Like if I would say like, hey, you know, why didn't you let me know you were going here? She'd be like, oh, well, you live far. So I figured you wouldn't want to drive. But it's like well, why didn't you let me decide if it was too far for me to drive, you know? You want to know some really, like, fucked up shit, though? I grew up wishing that I was adopted. And that sounds ridiculous, because it's like, why would anyone at 16 years old adopt a baby? You know, like, I knew that it was impossible (laughs) but I grew up wishing that I was adopted and wishing that one day these parents were going to come into my life and say you know we're, we're your parents who you're growing up with is not really your parents and they would you know take me off to this magical castle (laughs) and I would live happily ever after at like I don't know, maybe like nine, ten years old. This is what I wished for. I was suicidal at 
13 years old because my mom was pregnant with my younger sibling and I just told her how can you bring another child into this world when you don't even take care of the other of us and I was so mad at my mom I was so mad at my mom for being pregnant I'm like you're gonna ruin this kid's life I'm 13 knowing how much my mom had fucked me up and not wanting that to happen to anyone else there's so much pain still like instilled in me just based off things that she's said or she's done and you know I I've pretty much just repressed all the like all the memories like I have a journal and I'm sure that if I went back and read all of it like I would remember everything but I've repressed all of it and it it's not something that I want to remember again but I can still feel that like all the pain that's still in my heart from it so I know that I have a long road ahead of me (laughs) I know that it's probably not going to be easy to heal from everything but I know that I'm headed in the right direction. So let's go back to this topic of breaking generational curse. I cut ties with my family. Okay. My everyone in my family is pretty much toxic. Um I've always been like the black sheep in my family. Um, and I've always just felt that, like, I I didn't belong there. Like, I just, I never felt connected to, like, anyone in my family. Like, I just knew, like, I'm not supposed to be here. I'm not meant to be here. Like, family doesn't do this. And family doesn't say this. And family doesn't treat each other this way. Um, but, you know, there was an incident that, that happened and... I finally decided, like, this is it. I'm done. And um, what made me make that decision was the fact that I was so angry and so anxious that I started lashing out at my daughter. Like, she asked me for something and I literally just yelled at her for, for no reason. Like, it's just, I just my brain just wasn't there and I was just so mad and angry at everything going on and she asked me for something very simple and I yelled at her and at that moment I heard my mother come out of me and I said no no there is no fucking way like I am not going to turn into her I am not going to treat my daughter that way. My daughter has done absolutely fucking nothing. No. Enough is enough. So here I am breaking that generational curse. Because my great-grandmother mistreated my grandmother. My grandmother then mistreated my mother. 
which then turned into my mother mistreating me. And that's where it stops. Because I'm not going to mistreat my daughter the way that I was mistreated and the way that everyone above me was mistreated. It's not fair to my daughter. She has done absolutely nothing wrong. And this is where I say, enough is enough. But let's talk about the realities of it. It's fucking lonely. It's fucking painful. But it is oh so fucking freeing. Okay? There are moments where I mourn the loss of my entire family. There are moments where I'll think about, you know, some fun memory we've had. And I'll cry. And I'll cry because I'm like, man, I miss that. But then I just have to bring myself back to reality and remember, that was just one moment. What about everything else? You know how they say, like, does the good outweigh the bad? The good has never outweighed the bad. It has always been bad. I feel like I have always just been attacked in my family from everyone. From my mom, from my uncles, from my siblings. Like, it just, it truly felt like no one realistically ever gave a shit about me. (laughs) I grew up thinking that I wasn't worthy of love. I saw myself as a flawed individual, and for a long time, I had convinced myself that I was only here to be my family's punching bag, to take in all of their insults, to take in all of their stress, to take in all of their manipulation, simply so that they could be better people to someone else and to everyone else. But I've realized that that's not why I'm here. I'm here to break that generational curse so that my daughter and anyone else who comes in after her, they never have to question whether they're worthy of love or they never have to question anything at all. You have to remember who you're doing this for because it's not easy. It is not It's still fresh for me and it hurts and it sucks and I feel like the pain is never truly going to go away. But I see the joy in that little girl's face and I see how loved she feels. And I know that that's because of me. Because I've shown her joy and I've shown her love. I know that I can't prevent pain in her life. Pain is part of life. Pain is part of growing up. But I have comfort in knowing that none of that pain is going to come from me. I am working very hard to heal myself, to heal my inner child, to make sure that I am the best person And the best mother that I can possibly be to her. 
because she makes it worth it. She makes life worth living. And she makes me want to be better. I hope that one day <laughs> Logan will be able to, to listen to this. I don't know if podcasts will still be a thing like 15 years from now. <laughs> um, but I hope she realizes how much I, I truly love her. And I hope that I show her how much I love her every day. I mean, realistically, I don't know if I'm doing this whole parenting thing right. <laughs> I feel like I'm failing every day. Um, but she's a happy kid. And anyone who's ever been around her, they feel her energy. She just radiates such powerful and such positive energy. And I would love to think that that's because of me. <laughs> because... I am being the mom that she needs and the mom that she deserves. To anyone out there who is breaking that generational curse, I am so fucking proud of you because I know that it was not easy and I know that the decision did not come lately. But turn around and look at your kids or for those of you who don't have kids yet, but you're doing this for your future kids. Just know that it's going to be so worth it. I can promise you that it's going to be so worth it. Because those children are going to feel what love truly is. And so will you. Your children are going to give you that unconditional love that you never thought you deserved. Or that you never thought you were worthy of. They're going to give that to you. I promise. I promise. Alright. I think I am officially emotionally drained right now. <laughs> um, that was hard to talk about and that was hard to record. And, um, you know, I it, these are never meant to be talking bad or ill of anyone. That is never my intention. But... If I want people to relate to me, then people need to know my story. And I know that there are many of you who can relate to just feeling unloved and unworthy, being gaslighted. I know what that feels like. So I'm sharing my story in hopes that you can someday heal from yours too. But I am going to go ahead and wrap this one up. If anyone needs to talk... My DMs are always open. Either if you follow me on Instagram or on TikTok, my DMs are always open and I'm always open to talk to anyone for whatever reason, um, any sort of, you know, problem or issue or worry or, you know, anxiety based thing that you might have. I, I'm always open to listen to anyone and to help anyone as much as I possibly can. I truly, I'm a huge believer in you needing to talk things out and I'm letting you know that you can talk to me and I will listen. I will also greatly appreciate it if you went ahead and left me a rating and a review. I say this every single time. It helps push my podcast to whatever 
podcast algorithm is out there and hope to reach more people who either need to hear this podcast or can or who can you know benefit from it as well so rating and a review greatly appreciated if you're not following my instagram or my tiktok they are both anxious but magical mama i talk about all things anxiety all things anxiety inducing um i just know what it's really like to be a mom dealing with anxiety so with that being said I do hope that you have a great rest of your day or night, depending on when you're listening to this. And don't forget to live your life, love your life, and love your anxiety.